I was a Colts fan uh, and an Orioles fan, so I, I, uh, I know how much this community loves football. From my standpoint, uh, the game of football is all about building character. Roger, we like to play a game here on the podcast. It's commissioner for a day, right? So if you were NFL commissioner for a day, what would you change? Welcome into the lounge for an episode with the biggest name guest we've ever had. No offense to the common man. <laughs> common man's a great guest, big name, draws in a huge rating. Yeah, he's he brings in ratings yeah. for sure. But the NFL commission stops him. He does, just barely. Who's the worst guest we've ever had? You. <laughs> Regular guest? Yeah, no no guest. <clears throat> this is definitely the best. Uh, NFL commissioner Roger Goodell was in town this week for to come to our open practice Sunday at MT Bank Stadium. If you missed it, you missed a good one. Go ahead. We're, we do have one this Saturday in Annapolis and the next weekend back at MT Bank Stadium. So if you missed this one, go ahead. Bring and my dog two. to that one. Yeah, that's the third one. The um, hound is going to be in the press box just eating everybody's <laughs> hot dogs. Like, you better guard your hot dogs. Any media members that listen to this, it's none. Yeah. You better guard your hot dogs to my dog. Because the pup's coming? Oh, pup's coming. Yeah, so we still have two open practices, so if you missed the first one, you need to go and see the other two. Um, but yeah, Commissioner Goodell was here for to take in practice, uh, watch practice, some with Steve Bishotti, and then did a fan forum with about 100 season ticket holders before the event, and uh, most importantly, joined us yeah. for an interview on the lounge. For a solid eight minutes. Yes. We, we, were, we were hoping to get about 15 with the commish, uh, but he got tied up. Got talking with Steve Bashotti. You know, we're not going to get too. We thought about, about going that. in there and banging down his door and saying, <laughs> "Come on, Steve, <laughs> this is our time. You're, you're cutting into our time here." But yeah, uh, you know, we'll let it slide, I guess. Yeah, but um, but yeah, he was great. You know, I really enjoyed the, the interview with him. We're going to get to that in a second. But first, we have a question to read. Okay. Also, the other thing too, we want to let everybody know that uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, "Man of the Crowd" is a new podcast that uh, is on the growing enterprise of the Ravens Podcast Network. RPN. The RPN. Uh, Man of the Crowd is produced by Sarah Ellison, and it's an in-depth look at the Harbaugh family. So totally different vibe compared to what we do here on the lounge. Um, but she talks to a number of different people, just about everybody in the Harbaugh family. Steve Ashadi, Ozzy Newsom, a number of people in the media. Uh, the second episode just came out today, so go ahead and give that a listen if you haven't done that already. For so. Sure. With that said, we have an email we want to read, and you can email us at lounge at ravens.nfl.net. This is from my guy, Jason Corey. Uh, this he emails is, us every single week. Not every week, but he emails... I mean, I appreciate it. Yeah. Just saying. You, we ask for emails, and then we get emails, and you complain that we get emails. <laughs> All right, what's Jason got to say? What's Jason got to say? This, this makes you think you know what he's going to say. Anyway, he says, first of all... Garrett is the Ravens podcast yeah. MVP. Yeah. That's why you yeah. were salty about us reading Jason's email. You know it was a knock on you. If I agree with co-MVP, it would be shared with the common man. <laughs> you mentioned the common man earlier. Uh, second runner-up is Mink. So, you, All right. you know, here's why. Garrett comes to work. He's not off gallivanting around Europe while us Ravens fans are what? going through podcasts Did, with Does Jason Wall. forget that you spent two weeks in Italy, which yeah, I'm pretty sure I, is in Europe? I think we banked a couple podcasts during that time. You were gone <laughs> for three weeks. You set the world this record for the longest vacation stretch in Ravens history. Ugh. 
he says, you know, he's just kidding, Ryan. You are still a podcast co-founder, and it wouldn't be the same without you. All right. So, All right. Jason, my guy, back on the, my good graces. Right. I'm MVP. You're second runner-up behind the common man. His question is, quickly, yeah. if we weren't going to the address, address the offensive line after making all these other significant additions to the offense, would all of it be for nothing? Does our offense still come up short if we don't address the O-line? No. No, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the Ravens could make additions to the offensive line and improvements to it that would make it better and thus make the offense as a whole better. But I think that there's there's signing Macklin and Woodhead and making those other offensive additions still makes the offense better even without the offensive line uh, being addressed. I mean, let's just say the offensive line has trouble. Well, just three-step drop and bomb it out to Macklin. I mean, you got all this speed on the outside or, or quick release to Danny Woodhead. Your offense can still operate even if the offensive line isn't the best in the league. Now, I don't think the Ravens are going to have the best offensive line in the league. They just haven't invested that much into it to be one of those offensive lines. Like, let's say the Raiders have. They've spent a ton of money, yeah. right? The Ravens also aren't going to have the worst offensive line in the league. I mean, they have Marshall Yondo, a perennial pro bowler. They have Ronnie Stanley, number six overall pick. And they have Alex Lewis, a guy who they think is going to be a pro bowler. So if the Ravens' offensive line is in the middle of the pack, I think this offense can still succeed. And that's probably where I expect the, the offensive line to, to finish this year. Right. That's about how good I think it's going to be this year. Right. And then you have what we have both said multiple times, what we think is going to be one of the best defenses in the league. Right. So not everything on, yeah. here, not everything on your team is going to be an A+. Plus. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that, right? right? When you invest to make this, the secondary really amazing, and you invest a lot in the draft to get pass rushers and all that stuff, well, then something else didn't get invested in, yep. and that's the offensive line this year, but I think it's going to be all right, and the Ravens can still have a good offense. If the Ravens had signed an offensive lineman instead of Jeremy Macklin, people would be saying, well, when are you going to get a receiver? Exactly. When are you going to get a receiver? And should I talk more about James Hurst and his ability to be a, a frontline, you know, an adequate starter right tackle? Now, we have an interview with the commission to get to, so you will save your James Hurst rant for another day. We've heard <laughs> it a few times. We'll save that for another day. So uh, we lo- thanks for the question, uh, Jason, and thanks for naming me MVP. And without any further ado, here is our interview with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. We're happy to be joined by NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. And Roger, we like to play a game here on the podcast. It's Commissioner for a Day, right? So if you were NFL Commissioner for a Day, (laughs) what would you change? I'm really interested in what you guys said. I already got mine. Mine is is to outlaw booing at the NFL draft. (laughs) Good chance of that. If, If I were to make a rule, it would be everything's reviewable. Everything. Right. I like to review everything, even penalties, anything. That would be what I would do. Now, before yeah. we change our celebration rule, would you say that? That's actually That's, what I was thinking. See, you're already on the right track. You're already no, coming. You've got some good ones coming down the pipe. <laughs> <way. laughs> well, we could have used it when we saw Steve Smith. Yes. Yeah, then Smith. now that Steve's not here, it's going to change things yeah. a little bit. Steve exactly. hit me up immediately when we did that. <laughs> he, he did he really? Yeah. It probably made him want to come back. I don't know if it went that far, <laughs> but he, he, uh, he was sorry it didn't happen in his day. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. So, so we've had some big news here in Baltimore, the retirement of John Urschel. Yeah. Just wanted to get your, your thoughts on that. Did it come across your radar, and what did you think when you saw that? Well, he's a great young man. Um, I've had an opportunity to be with him. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a young man who thinks well beyond the game of football and somebody who wants to accomplish a lot of other things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have to admire that and respect that. And so a professional who wants to say, you know, I've had enough football and I want to go on and do something else. Um, everyone makes those reasons for, for their own, and uh, I respect him and, and wish him well. And uh, I think he's a, a great young man and will do well. 
We here in Baltimore obviously love football, and John Harbaugh's been a big proponent of, of, he wrote a piece for our website called Why Football Matters, and just about, you know, extolling the virtues of football. I have a one-year-old son. From your mouth, what would you say to me in terms of why my son should play football? You know, I played every sport uh, growing up, and uh, I grew up in Washington, D.C., and I um, started playing youth football down there, and, uh, and I loved every sport. As the season changed, so did I. Yeah. But I never got anything more uh, than I got out of football. Um, you get the teamwork, you get the perseverance, you get a better understanding of, of yourself and how you contribute to a bigger goal. And it, from my standpoint, uh, the game of football is all about building character. It's all about uh, helping kids develop uh, through the years. And so from my standpoint, I'd love to see kids play in the game. It's, it's good for them. And so I hope you will. I have twin daughters, but my three nephews are down playing football in Atlanta this year, and, and they're loving it, and it's great for them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a character building, so I'm, I'm a coach on this. We talk about it all the time, and we just go back and forth on it. So, so Commissioner, you know, here in Baltimore, you know, obviously there's a lot of money going into the stadium, and you did the cold weather Super Bowl a couple of years ago in New York. Do you think there's ever potential down the road to have a Super Bowl, a Baltimore, D.C. kind of Super Bowl in this market? Yeah, that's an interesting point. You know, one of the, the things that's happening with the Super Bowl is as it gets bigger, it requires more infrastructure. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just the number of hotel rooms, it's the facilities. And uh, we have so many more people coming to the towns to be a part of the festivities, forget it, whether they can even get into the stadium. Right. They just want to be part of it. And so that's, uh, it, that's made the requirement a lot harder. Obviously, this region, if you take the Baltimore, Washington region, has a lot of infrastructure, a lot of facilities, and that's an interesting approach. Uh, I guess that's something that if the, if the officials, the clubs, uh, and the communities wanted to come together and do that, it would be something uh, that we would have to consider. So, so we're going to, this year we're playing in London, uh, you're having a game mm -hmm. in Mexico. What's the next country where there's going to be an NFL game? Well, that's a good question. We have four in London, uh, one in Mexico, and they've been incredible success stories for us. Uh, we are looking at China as a, okay. as a real possibility. Um, I believe it could be incredibly successful, but you've got to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things we've done in the growth of our games in the UK and even in Mexico is, is make sure that we are able to ensure that the clubs had a very positive experience competitively and also from a enjoyment standpoint and we think we've accomplished that uh, teams are going over now they say it's actually good for us we can bring our team together and it can be beneficial for us long term so we see a real positive for the clubs to participate and that's why we're getting so many clubs wanting to participate and also uh, clearly for our fans over there so the fan they're not only going up in numbers but they're also going up in their understanding of the game and sophistication and passion for the game. Mm -hmm. And we're excited about the trip. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you'll have a great time. Yeah, yeah for sure. So Baltimore's known around the country and in, in the NFL as, as one of, I feel like, the premier football cities in the country. Do you look at Baltimore that way and the Ravens as kind of a model <laughs> franchise in that regard? Well, you guys probably don't know, but I grew up in the Washington area, right. and the Colts were my favorite team as a kid. There so it runs in your blood, yeah. I was a Colts fan uh, and an Orioles fan, so I, I, uh, I know how much this community loves football. And they loved their players from that age. I did too. Johnny Unitas was one of my favorites. Lenny Moore, uh, all those guys were guys that I looked up to 
as people, but also as great players. So that I know this community understands the game and the passion they have for it, and you see that. You right. see that every week. So this is a fun place for me to come because you see that. It's a much better football city than Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, for sure. Much better football city. <laughs> <laughs> I also went to college in the Pittsburgh area, so keep it <laughs> Cool, Roger. They got so... some pretty good fans, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank really you, appreciate guys. it. I enjoyed it. Appreciate All it. Right. Nice to see you. All right, so that was a really fun interview with Roger. But I just got to say this. You stepped all over my freaking joke at the end. <laughs> I, I, I specifically asked the question about whether about Baltimore being a great football city. Mm-hmm. That was to tee it up for the joke about how it's better than Pittsburgh. And you just cut me off and stole my punchline. Well, that's true. I'm not going to lie. I did steal the joke. <laughs> I, I stole the joke. Thank I you. fully admit that. Thank you. Uh, but there's a couple reasons for that. Well-justified decision. One, I looked over at you and you were hesitating. No, I wasn't. You, you were pump faking you in the pocket. You cut me off. You were pump faking in the pocket all day long, <laughs> waiting for somebody to spring open. And I said, I'm just a receiver that's going to get open. I'm going to make the play. I'm going to make the play. Sometimes you need somebody to step up and make the play. I made the play. The second point is I knew I could just deliver the joke. I delivered oh, it with a punch. I delivered here. it with pizzazz. I don't think the commissioners laugh that hard Dude, in you ages. You like stuttered it out. I don't think the commissioners laugh that hard in ages and you know that was based on my, you it, my joke at this front it was a good at. joke it was a good joke but writing the good joke is only a piece of the equation the delivery is really what seals it and that's <laughs> what got the job done but here's the thing i thought we were ending the thing then you just i think what happened then you got just so furious with me that you just shut down the interview i thought yeah we were, i just ended it right there i thought we were going to end the interview with asking the commissioner what kind of beer he likes. That was, that was my, my final question. My, I, I wanted to ask him, I wanted to say, look, we're going to take you out for some beers tonight. What kind of beer are you ordering? And B, are you a pumpkin beer guy? That yeah. was my, the most important question of the interview. But you just, you just said... We were getting the, the signal to wrap it up. <laughs> that big old cane was coming in, and it was yanking us off the stage. It was, but... I was waiting for the beer question. I, you rattled me. You rattled me by stealing the joke. You just said, all right, interview's done. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Hang McNeil. Up. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Have a nice day. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I think you probably agree with this. Both of us came away from the interview. You know, that was the first time I'd ever, like, had a conversation with Roger Goodell. Yeah. You know, you see him in press conferences. You see him on TV. And a lot of times he gets criticized, and he just doesn't come off as personable a lot of times in yeah. that setting. Yeah. But but when he, I sat down with him, when he came into the room, he was great. Like, he was super personable. Really personable, friendly. Had I mean, jokes. a lot of guys like of that stature would come in and just be like too cool for school. Yes. And just be like, whatever, these are a couple of, you know, nobodies. And yeah, let's get it over with kind of thing. And he wasn't like that at all. He I mean, was at first not. he sat down and we made the joke that there's no camera. This is audio only, which is good for us because we got a face for podcasts, right. not TV. Right. Right. Got a good laugh out of that. Then I told him I apologize for not shaving. Yeah. And he said, get the hell out of here. I know that's just part of your look. Uh, two for two. <laughs> He's absolutely right. I was just totally making up. I didn't need to shave. Yeah. Look well, at the scruff. Everybody loves the scruff. What are you talking about? You're acting like you're a guy with a standard five o'clock shadow. Yeah, I got you know like those models, like the models in the magazine. They got no, nice that may be what scrub. you think you are, but yeah, it's more just like it's a little patchier than that. No, no, no. You're like the seventh grader that like hasn't realized he needs to start shaving yet. It's like, just kind of like no, he just kind of awkward. Just hit puberty, face. and he's really excited about his first facial hair, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm keeping it at all." Yeah, and you got like four little hairs on your chinny chin chin, and you're like, <laughs> "I gotta keep this stuff." Um, yeah, but, anyway, but in all honesty, he was funny. He was good. I, I was I came way impressed with that, and you can see. 
you know, why he's so popular amongst the owners. Well, and what's also interesting is he started from the bottom. He, he was a PR intern yep. at the league office and has risen to NFL commish. Yep. That's pretty awesome. I'm getting there. Right now I'm the commissioner of our fantasy football league, <laughs> right? And so I'm working on it, you know. That's the other thing I wanted to ask him, too. Was I was going to say to him, you know, I, I'm the commissioner of a fantasy football league, and it is a pain in the ass. I mean, <laughs> you can't get anybody to agree on anything. I can hardly set a date for the draft, even get people online at the same time. Yeah. Then you guys bellyache about everything. You call me crooked. You say I'm a cheat. You, you know, I have to the, all, all these things are true. I have though. to do funny little write-ups every single week to amuse you all. That job is—it's like a part-time job for me. His job. Almost as, as difficult as mine. You don't handle pressure very well. You stress for weeks on end about what pizza to order for the draft. I do. The entire morning. Well, because of- every time I order, you guys all complain. <laughs> sausage? Who wants sausage pizza? Just you, give you me the plain cheese. You change what the pizza order is going to be. You're like, getting three or four pies. All morning long, you just spend stressing about, ah, but, but here's Should I get the breadsticks? Should I get the breadsticks? Should I get the, I have $45. Who need dessert? I have $45, but this is only going to be 40 That means you five extra dollars. <laughs> the biggest problem is that you gener- just generally screwed up. You're going to say, all right, I'm going to get three pizzas, one Hawaiian. I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me. First pick, one veggie and one thin crust, Supreme. all cheese. You know, that, that's just you just find a way to screw it up. Shout so. out to Papa John's for hooking us up every year at the draft. They do. I, I, I'm a big fan of the Papa John's uh, buffalo chicken pizza. You are a big buff chick guy. Yeah. Anyway. So the commissioner was great. He was great. <laughs> Where are we going with this? We've, we've gone off the rails like five times. Yeah, uh, but he's he's well thought out. He's well reasoned, uh, and and you really see why he's he's our, our the leader of the league. Yep. So th- just before I go, one last little point. Did you notice? So in our interview with Goodell, yeah, I asked him about the whole Baltimore DC Super Bowl yes. concept. Then he got asked a question during the fan forum about just the Baltimore Super Bowl. Yes. And he said while he was answering that question, you know, someone just a little bit ago threw out the idea to me of a Baltimore-D.C. joint Super Bowl, and that's kind of interesting. A joint bid, yeah. You know who that someone is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So basically, (laughs) here's what is happening. When Baltimore and D.C. do a joint bid for a Super Bowl and they get it in, let's say, five years— and Commissioner Goodell is going to say, you know, the first time this idea was kind of put a bug in my ear was back, you know, July 28th, whatever it is. He couldn't even remember five minutes later. What makes you no, think he's going to say, he's going to say, him. he's going to say, there was that Garrett guy. I'm going to make him chairman of the Super Bowl committee. You know, that's he what's going to happen. He said the fan forum was some idiot just said this a no, couple no, no, minutes he ago. He said this genius who's going to be my successor <laughs> put this bug in my ear about having a joint bid. So I just want to give myself props for that, and I can't wait for when that day comes. So well, when the NFL is playing games in China, Goodell can thank me. That was my question. In our it was your question, but he didn't say. I later. said, you know, Roger. You didn't ask about China. The, the NFL has been in England, and it's been in Mexico. When's it going to China? And he was like, that's a great idea. No. We should go to China. <laughs> that's not how it played out at all. Go back and listen to that portion of the interview, <laughs> and you'll see why everyone says that Ryan is devious and full of crap. So um, that does it for us this week. As always, you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Next week, we are going to have former Ravens head coach Brian Billick yeah, man. on the podcast, and we're really excited about that. So The best, the good guests rolling in. Yep, they're rolling through. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and we will see you again next week.